Action, and welcome to Episode Epiphanies, a podcast where two best friends with very different tastes in TV shows make each other watch the pilot episodes of their favorite shows in the hopes that the other person will have an epiphany and start to like a show they normally wouldn't. My name is Jessica, and I pretty much only watch live-action dramas. My name is Natasha, and I pretty much only watch cartoon shows. And this week, we are watching Friends... The true classic, the most <laughs> yep. classic of all sitcoms. I love this show. <laughs> I have watched this show so much that I was rewatching the pilot for this and could quote lines before they started. <laughs> oh my god. I really love this show. That's great. It's a good show. Anyways, Natasha, mm-hmm. what did you know about Friends before you watched this episode? I mean... It's, like, one of the most famous shows of all time. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I did know a decent amount about it. Like, obviously, like, I've I've seen at least bits of episodes before, just, like, around. Yeah. Yeah, so I've seen, like, bits, although I honestly don't know if I've ever watched a complete episode before. (laughs) Maybe I have when I was younger. I don't really remember. And, like, I kind of knew who the characters were. I I knew all I knew all their names. I knew the names of this main six characters. I did kind of have a hard time telling the guys apart at first. Like I wasn't sure which one was which. And even in my notes, when I first started taking notes at the beginning of the episode, I got Joey right, but I got Chandler and Ross wrong until they said their names and then I like scratched out my notes and I was like, wait no, that one was Chandler and that one was Ross. <laughs> I had it the other way around. I knew one of them was one of them. <laughs> So I kind of knew the characters. And obviously, like, I know the concept. I know about Central Perk. I know some of the jokes that have come from this show that are, like, in the cultural consciousness. But I had definitely never seen the pilot before. And I also realized I didn't know that much about, like, who the characters were. (laughs) Like, what their deal was. Which I guess we'll get into with the notes. Especially Rachel. I I had a completely incorrect idea of what Rachel's character was. I feel like Rachel has, like, fantastic character development throughout Mm -hmm. the series and probably much more character development Mm -hmm. than the other characters. So Mm -hmm. I feel like in this episode where you're getting, like, the quick, snappy, like, almost stereotypical introductions to, like, who they are, because it Mm -hmm. is a sitcom, you just get a type, Rachel's is the one that, like, is the least accurate from a season 10 perspective. Okay, that's fair, because she was not at all what I thought she was, like, the the trope that she is in this pilot is not at all what I thought she was, which makes sense mm-hmm. if she changes away from that trope more than the others. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely true of Rachel. Okay, cool. I also, I feel like Joey and Ross, too, kind of surprised me, but I'll get into that. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I want to add anything to that. Friends is uh, very fun. We're going to have a lot of fun here because I have some very unpopular Friends opinions. (laughs) I love when you have unpopular opinions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll get into that. How about you get into the pilot episode? All right. Bam. It starts with the iconic intro. I've obviously seen and heard this intro before because everybody has. (laughs) It surprised me because I guess I haven't like really like seen it in a long time or thought about it. They're so young and it made me feel old. (laughs) So the funny thing, I don't know how old the actors are in this pilot. Mm -hmm. 
depending on which season you choose to believe tells you their real age. <laughs> because obviously this is a very long-running show. Yeah. So there's a lot of plot holes and yeah. just things that aren't correct. Mm -hmm. In season one, they tell you that they are 26, so they are our age. I, I I didn't look up how old they're supposed to be, and they don't say it in this episode, but that was yeah. my guess. I was like, they're probably, like, mid-20s based on, like, their life state and their, like, vibe and the fact that, like, they're clearly not fresh out of high school, but they are, like, talking about high school in a way that, like, you wouldn't if you were, like, in your 30s, I feel like. I feel like you wouldn't still be like, hey, I knew you in high school, like in the same way. And I was like, I remember watching like bits of friends when I was like a kid, like my parents would be watching it and being like, they're grownups. Like this is a show about <laughs> grownups. And now I'm like, this is a show about people who are my age. It's very funny because, um, Sarah, who's a friend of ours, mm -hmm. told me rewatching friends, she was like thrown because they're now like quote-unquote younger than us, because yeah. in season seven, they tell you they're turning 30, which would make them 23 in season one. <laughs> they're in their mid-20s at the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, like, three or four episodes in, Monica says she's 26, mm -hmm. and then I think, like, Ross is, like, two years older than her, mm -hmm. and Chandler would be, too. Not important. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, they're obviously not exactly the same age, because yeah. yeah, Ross does say he's Monica's older brother. So, But yeah. I assumed it was only, like, a year or two. They don't seem, like, yeah. like that different in age. I don't think they are supposed to be. It's, like, one or two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I was, like, I actually find it very comforting mm -hmm. that in season one they're 26, because sometimes I feel like at 26 I should be, like, an adult. Like, I should be an adult. And you're watching season one and you're like, these people are fucking mess. That's true. That is true, actually. <laughs> that actually made the episode surprisingly endearing to me because right? I did expect it to be more of an adult story. And it's like, no, it, like, they really do feel like mid-20s. Like, yeah, Rachel has never had a job, which, like, obviously, like, the <laughs> joke is that, like, her dad was paying for everything. But, like, yeah. there's also sort of a, like, youngness to that. And, like, the jobs that a lot of them have. And all of them sitting around the kitchen table cutting up her credit cards is, like, right. my favorite scene. Because they just seem like... Like, it's so cute in a way. Like, yeah. such, like, mid-20s solidarity. <laughs> like, I don't know. They do seem, like, young. Like, uh -huh. they seem our age. And, like, I feel like they almost look like they look young from the perspective that like if you're used to seeing pictures of them mm -hmm. in season two in, in not season two <laughs> season two they just aged a ton between season one and two <laughs> in season 10 like they look young mm -hmm. but also i feel like a lot because of how they're dressed especially mm -hmm. monica monica is dressed in a way i feel like makes her look old yes monica's whole hair and clothes do make her look older than the others <laughs> But I also think that's on purpose because when you get further into the show, Monica very much is like the mom friend. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyways, we've talked about this a lot. Do you want to tell me Oops. more about what yes. actually happens? <laughs> um, okay, the other thing I was going to say is obviously very early 90s vibe in like their yeah. clothes and stuff and like just the, the sets and stuff. And also, I noticed so many times where like 
the cuts were weird or like there would be shots kind of from weird angles or there would be a shot focused on one character and another character in the background like totally was like talking or moving in a way that had nothing to do with the shot. It almost seems like they like used a random shot where the other character just happened (laughs) to be in the shot, which was like weirdly endearing because it's like, this is like, like the most famous sitcom and one of the most famous shows of all time. And it feels so like almost low budget. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. The pilot season one of friends is very low budget. Uh Like there's a stat that, the amount of money the main cast was paid for all of season one mm-hmm. is the amount they were paid per word in season 10. Oh my god. <laughs> so insane. yeah, low budget. <laughs> um, obviously partly like inflation, but also going from random low budget TV show to the most famous show of all time. Yeah, good on them. It was, it was, like, it actually made it really, like, I I enjoyed that it was kind of low budget and kind of badly edited. Yeah. I love that. Anyways, so that's my thoughts before I even get to the summary of the episode. It is very much a, like, comedy pilot with not a ton of plot. Like, there is a bit of a plot. It's a lot more just, like, people sitting around and saying funny things. So it's a little bit hard to summarize what happens in the episode because, like, again, it's less of a plot and more just, like, jokes, jokes, jokes. But I'll I'll cover the bases. Yes. (laughs) First scene, obviously, they're at the coffee shop, the iconic Central Perk coffee shop, where they're just kind of in the middle of the room on, like, a couch. And it's... Joey, Chandler, Monica, and Phoebe are hanging out, talking about, like, a dream that Chandler had or something, (laughs) where his, like, dick was a telephone. And then his mom calls him. His mom calls him on his dick telephone. And also Joey's talking about his love life. Okay. Joey. Sorry. Oof. I got so excited. My headphones fell out. (laughs) (laughs) Joey is... Like, the cool guy. He's wearing a leather jacket. He's talking about all these ladies he sleeps with. He has really nice hair. I really liked Joey's haircut in this episode. Joey's such good hair in season one, and they, like, ruin it. And I'm like, but I like his hair. I know, I'm so (laughs) used to seeing the later seasons where he has, like, the shorter hair. And I was like, not gonna lie, Joey's really hot in this first episode. Like, season one, Joey is so hot, and I feel like saying that about any other season, it's like, eh, Joey's a man. Yeah, I know, like, I've never looked at, like, friends' pictures and been like, no, oh, yeah, that guy's hot, but I was like, they really <laughs> succeeded at making him a hot one, which is really funny, because I did not realize that that was the character type that Joey was supposed to be. Yeah. From my limited friends' knowledge, I thought Joey was supposed to be, like, the dumb one, which, like, yeah, he's kind of that. But I think, like, at least in this episode, I feel like he's more the hot ladies' man than the dumb guy. Whereas I definitely thought he was more, like, the dumb guy, and I did not know he was supposed to be, like, the sexy ladies' man. I think Joey also has... There's a couple of sitcoms where the dumb one Mm -hmm. archetype becomes more obvious as the show goes on and Mm -hmm. the show, like, leans into it. And I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily support that as a way of writing, but I do think, like, the later seasons, Joey becomes less womanized or more dumb. But when it starts, he's very much, like, hot, sexy, he's sleeping with seven women. It was just so surprising to me because it would be like if you were watching a show or something where there was the character who was just like really dumb and, and kind of like, oh, haha, he's like, 
And it just, like, doesn't suit being the sexy person, and then that's what he is in this episode. It just threw me. I didn't just... Joey's whole character surprised me. See, that's very funny to me, because I feel like if he was a woman, a hot girl is almost always the dumb one. Yeah. But, like, okay, so think about, um, when we watched Kevin... Kevin can fuck himself. Mm Mm-hmm. What's his name? Neil? That's, like, the character I thought Joey was. So it would be, like, if you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> knew Neil as a character, and then you watched an episode where Neil is wearing a leather jacket, and he's talking about all these hot girls he sleeps with, and he's giving <laughs> romance advice, and you would be like, this is not what I thought this character was. Yeah, no, that's valid. That's valid. So I definitely thought Joey was the Neil, but he's not. <laughs> Anyways, so that threw me a little bit. I kind of expected the other ones. I knew Phoebe was like the weird, hippie kind of person. I knew Monica was kind of like the mom friend serious one. I knew Chandler was just the one everybody hates. (laughs) (laughs) Does everyone hate Chandler? Wait, is it Chandler or Ross? Ross is the one everyone hates. Oh, I thought Chandler was the one everyone hated. Sorry, Chandler. (laughs) Chandler's like the funny one, which is a dumb thing to say about the sitcom, but Chandler's the funny one. Interesting, because I didn't really get any particular personality from Chandler. Like, I didn't, I couldn't really put a trope on him in this episode, but because I knew that one of the guys was the one that everybody hates, for some (laughs) reason I thought it was Chandler. And because Ross in this one, I would say is kind of like the awkward one, the kind of like shyer, more awkward one. So it was like, Ross is the awkward one, Joey is the sexy, kind of dumb one, and Chandler's the one that everybody hates. <laughs> That's what I thought they were. <laughs> oh, I like that. He didn't do anything that would make me hate him in this episode. I just, you know, thought that that was what it was. But apparently everyone hates Ross, which... Uh, Ross also didn't do anything in this episode to make me hate him, but it was only one episode. This is one of my controversial friend's opinions. Oh. I don't hate Ross. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways... So that's who Chandler is. He's apparently the funny one. He was just a guy in this episode who had a dick phone. He did have a funny dream. I think it's hard because this episode in particular is so quippy Mm -hmm. that it's hard to pull out that, like, Chandler's supposed to be the quippy one. Yeah, because they're all being quippy. That's, like, the whole thing. So it's like, yeah. But I could see that. He does have some funny lines that just, like, again, they're all saying quippy things, so it didn't stand out. Okay, so anyways, this is still the first scene. They're all sitting in the coffee shop. <laughs> Sorry, my thoughts are so all over the place. Again, this is not a plot-based episode. You could literally summarize the plot of this in, like, two minutes. Yeah. So, like, you're fine. <laughs> the plot is basically about marriage. <laughs> or breakups, I guess. Breaking that up marriages. That so weird. It's about marriage. I mean, it is. Literally, the first thing is, so it's raining outside. Ross comes in. He's all wet. He's all sad because his, his I guess, ex-wife, at first I thought it was girlfriend, but then we find out they were married. So his ex-wife just moved out, which was weird because, again, they feel so young, but then he's talking about being married. And obviously the point is that, like, he got married really young and got divorced pretty young, too. But, like, they seemed so young that it almost seemed weird that he was having a problem about, like, being divorced. <laughs> I think it's very funny because I think our age is the age where it's like some people are married and some people are getting married. That's true. I don't think you're supposed to think Ross and Carol were married that long, but I also think they probably got married like right out of university. Probably. And even later in the episode, like he's talking to the other guys and they're talking about how he got, like, I think either Joey or Chandler makes a joke about how Ross got married when he was eight. Yeah. Obviously, that's a joke, but clearly what they're saying is that he got married really young, so either just out of high school or just out of college. Yeah. So anyways, his wife left him because she's a lesbian, and he never knew. 
And also, but as he says, apparently she never knew either. So she just realized she was a lesbian and then they broke up, which like fair, that's a pretty fair reason to get divorced. <laughs> like pretty legit. I don't know if we ever see Carol again, but they talk about her a little bit in this episode. Carol is like a recurring character. I wouldn't call her a main character, mm-hmm. but she comes in and out. Cool. I want to meet her. All we know about her is that she left Ross, she likes beer, and I think they said, like, one other thing about her. And she's a lesbian. (laughs) And she's a lesbian. So anyways, he's sad because he got divorced, and she just had moved out that day. So clearly, like, they got divorced or were planning on getting divorced before, but today was the day she moved out, and he's sad. And he's talking about how he's sad. Oh, and then Chandler says something about how he wishes he was a lesbian. Yes. (laughs) Which is kind of funny especially because he says it kind of offhand and then he's like oh no did I say that out loud like he wasn't trying to like make a joke he was just like thinking about how he wants to be a lesbian he's like I wish I was a lesbian you go Chandler you become a lesbian so then they're all still hanging out then a girl it's Rachel but they don't all know that yet a girl in a wedding dress runs into the coffee shop in distress all wet from the rain and she runs over and then she finds Monica and we learn from this scene that Rachel and Monica know each other. They went to high school together. Well, I think they all went to high school together. They all went to the same high school. Or some of them went to the same high school. Rachel, Monica, and Ross all went to the same high school. Mm -hmm. Chandler and Ross met in university. Okay. I don't remember how they met Phoebe. She definitely didn't go to high school with them. I don't know if Phoebe went to high school at all based on the backstory. Yeah, actually... I don't, I would agree with that. (laughs) And Joey, they met when he moved in with Chandler. Okay. So anyways, this was the first, well, I guess the first surprising thing was Joey's whole character. The second surprising (laughs) thing to me was that Rachel was not part of the friend group at the beginning. She kind of knows Monica, but it sounds like they're like more acquaintances than friends. Or they're kind of friends, or like they were friends in high school, but they kind of got a little distant. But then she's looking for Monica because... She basically left her husband at the altar because she decided she didn't want to get married. Well, her guy, she I guess not husband, but guy she was going to marry. Beyonce. Left him at the altar. His name was Barry. She decided she didn't want to get married. And then she went looking for Monica because she didn't know where else to go. And she's like, you know, like, you're my friend and you would understand. And Monica's like, yeah, but you didn't even invite me to the wedding. And Rachel's <laughs> like, oh, I hope you wouldn't notice. So, like, they're close enough that she thought to go to Monica when she left from the altar. But also, she didn't invite her to her wedding. <laughs> So I don't really know how close of friends they are. Monica and Rachel were best friends in high school. And mm-hmm. I think, like, once they went away to college, they, like, grew apart. Mm. It'd be, like, kind of, like, if you went back to your hometown and you just decided to go see a friend you hadn't seen in, like, a very long time and yeah. also hadn't talked to. Like, it's not not a weird thing to do, <laughs> but also, like, if you were in a situation where you had nowhere else to go, it might still feel, like, safe. Yeah, it, it made sense. But yeah, so they were kind of friends, um, but she didn't know everybody else. She does know Ross, because they talk about it later in the episode. Clearly went to the same high school. But anyway, she shows up and... She basically says, like, decided I didn't want to get married, decided that, you know, that wasn't for me, um, but now I don't know what to do, and I'm just gonna live with you now, Monica, (laughs) because I can't, and it's also, like, I can't remember exactly when they established this, but they established pretty quickly that, like, 
Monica, or not Monica, Rachel has never had a job and she was basically living off her rich dad's money and then she was going to get married and live off of her rich husband's money and that was her <laughs> life plan and now she has decided she doesn't want to do that and she doesn't have anywhere else to go because her dad is mad at her and her fiance is presumably mad at her and now she's just going to live with Monica. She just decides and Monica's like, okay, I guess we're roommates now. So then they are no longer in the coffee shop and they're in the apartment with the really cool purple walls. Yeah, I love the walls in their apartment and I love their like weird window looking greenhouse looking situation. I think they just have this like massive window in front of their balcony. That's what it is, but it like it looks kind of like a greenhouse because of the way it's like slanted and stuff. I like their window and <laughs> I like their walls. No, it's good. It's a great apartment. It would be a million fucking dollars in New York, but... Oh, for sure. Well, that's the whole, like, all TV shows, people live in places that are too expensive for where they would realistically be able to live. They do try, because they do tell you at one point that it's rent-controlled and that Monica is technically illegally subletting it from their dead grandma. (laughs) That's very good. (laughs) So they try. I don't think rent control on that much space in New York would be enough, but... (laughs) Still good. Still they try. And that's that's just how TV shows are. Everyone always is in fancy houses, so... Yep. They're there. They're watching a telenovela. Mm-hmm. Rachel's on the phone and it's such a clunky old phone. The 90s was like not that long ago, but also was kind of a long time ago. And like, I feel like we forget how quickly technology has evolved. <laughs> this phone is so yeah. old. Anyways, she's talking to her dad. She's saying, I don't need you anymore, dad. I don't need your money. Wait, maybe I do need your money. But her dad has already hung up on her. Phoebe's singing a song at one point. I just wrote down, I love Phoebe. <laughs> Fair. She's weird, and I like her vibe, and I like that she's weird. She doesn't, like, do a lot this episode. She kind of just vibes around being weird, but good for her. Good for Love her. Love for her. Oh, and then we find out that Joey and Chandler are roommates who live across the hall, and Joey's flirting with Rachel, I think? I just wrote down yeah. Joey's flirting. <laughs> he was hitting on Rachel. He was like, we live just right across the hall if you need anything. And right, right, right. Chandler's yes. away a lot. <laughs> yes, that's what he said. Uh, Rachel's like, uh, cool. I just literally left someone at the altar. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> and then, okay, so the whole thing at the beginning of the episode was Monica said she was going on a date. Well, she said it wasn't a date, but like it was a date with like a guy from work. And then he shows up and they're all like, oh my God. It's Paul the Wine Guy, who apparently they all know. Paul the Wine Guy is a guy who, I guess, delivers wine to the restaurant where Monica works. I'm not sure what makes him the wine guy. I assume he delivers wine to the restaurant where she works. Either that or he, like, if he's a distributor, he might come with, like, wine samples. He does something wine-related at the restaurant where Monica works. I think this makes perfect sense. I would absolutely, if I was in a restaurant, would tell my friends about Paul the wine guy, who I think is hot. Yeah. No, it was great. The fact that, like, she said Paul, they were like, oh, Paul the wine guy? And it's so <laughs> obvious that, like, she gossips with her friends about this guy from work all the time. Like, <laughs> and, like, they're all so impressed when Paul comes in. They're all like, wow, he's so hot. And, like, Ross or Joey or something, like, does a little hand movement to be like, oh, he's so tall. Like, <laughs> Good pick. Yeah. <laughs> it was very cute. And, like, um, oh, and, like, he shows up and Monica's, like, oh, my gosh, Rachel, like, 
I can cancel my date if you need. And Rachel's like, no, 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 go on your date. And then, because Ross is also sad about the whole Carol thing. She's like, Ross, do you need me to stay? And Ross is like, yeah. And she's like, oh, really? And he's like, no, I'm just kidding. Go on your date. <laughs> Which was cute. That was cute. They were all very cute friends. I also wrote that Ross is very awkward. Yeah. <laughs> just as a person, his whole deal is that he's very awkward. He's like trying to talk to Rachel, but he's really awkward about it. Uh, and then we cut to the boys, Chandler and Joey, helping... Ross set up furniture in his apartment. I don't know if the implication is that he got a new place to live and they're putting new furniture there or that it's the place he lived before, but Carol took all the furniture and he had to get new furniture. I think he moved out and Mm. this is like his new apartment. You would think that, but at the beginning of the episode, I'm pretty sure he says Carol moved out today. I also think that, but that'd be so weird. Why would you move out and take all of the furniture? Well, the guys are literally talking about that. They're like, so Carol took, like, the good TV and, like, the couch and the whatever, and you got what? And Ross is like, I got you guys. And they're like, oh, bad deal. (laughs) But, like, even then, you would assume there's some furniture somewhere in his house. I mean, you would assume that, but I thought maybe that was the joke. I don't know. Maybe it is the joke, because also, like, if he moved, why would he have Carol's favorite beer? Yeah. Unless he bought it just because he's so sad about Carol. I don't know. (laughs) He's so sad about Carol, he bought Carol's favorite beer just so he could see it later in the day and be sad about it again. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, that's what the boys are doing. They also ask Phoebe if she can help, and she's like, oh, I wish I could help, but I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite thing. Good for her. I like Phoebe a lot. I knew Phoebe, I was gonna like Phoebe because from my limited friends knowledge, I already liked her, and she, uh, I lived up to it. I did, I did like her. Monica's on her date. It's a date. She's having a date with Paul. Rachel is leaving a phone message for Barry, being like, it's not you, it's me. Sorry, I left you. Joey is trying to give Ross advice about girls. And he's like, you've got, there's so many other women out there for you. They're like ice cream flavors. You just got to grab a spoon and try all the ice cream flavors of women out there. And he's being like weirdly flirty about it and leaning up right into Ross's like personal <laughs> space. And then Ross is like, I don't know if I'm hungry or horny. And then Chandler's like, oh, well, don't bring your spoon near me or whatever. And I'm like, what is this sexual tension that's happening between the three guys right now? The three guys that friends have, like, are very flirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, people ship them, and you can, and you should. <laughs> but, like, I also think it's, like, really fun that this show that's set in the 90s is, like, yeah, these guys are friends. Like, they flirt. They hang out. I think all of them have kissed each other. <laughs> that's so valid of them. <laughs> And I can definitely get that sense just from this scene. <laughs> right? Oh, did any of them not kiss each other? Ross and Chandler may not have kissed. Joey kisses both of them. Joey seems like the kind of guy who would kiss all of his friends. Oh, yeah. For sure. I think Joey has kissed all his friends. That seems that seems correct. Good for him. Anyways, the important part is the guys are all flirting with each other. Mm-hmm. So then we get back to Monica's date with Paul, and he's like... Just, I need to tell you that ever since my wife left me, like, two years ago, I haven't been able to get it up. I don't know what he says. He says, I haven't been able to perform sexually. I wish he said, get it up. (laughs) That's what he was saying. 
and he's he Monica like spits tea on him out of shock yeah. at this revelation. But then she's like, no, 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 it's fine. We can. I still want to date you, even though you can't get it up ever since your wife left you. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the whole scene of the rest. Of that is the whole scene, but like. It's such a, like, classy restaurant, and Paul is such a, like, mature guy vibe, too. (laughs) Oh, yeah, but that's that's their conversation, you're correct. Yeah, that's it. Not necessarily the vibe, but yeah, that's (laughs) what it's about. No, the vibe was like, ooh, we're classy adults on a date talking about our sexual performance. (laughs) (laughs) As classy adults on a date do. Yeah. And then there's Ross and Rachel, and Rachel's watching a wedding show and crying, and Ross, they're not together, it's like cut in between their two apartments. And then Ross is like, thinking about wanting a lover, I can't remember what he says, he says something (laughs) about like, uh, needing a woman, or like, wanting to try the ice cream flavors, or whatever, (laughs) and then it's like, but who... Who is is there for me? And then it like cuts to Rachel sitting in the window staring out at, at the sky and there's like romantic music playing and it's just like a surprisingly extended moment of just yeah. like pensive Rachel as clearly Ross thinks about her. And at this moment in the episode, we do not know that Ross and Rachel knew each other in high school. This is not made clear. I guess it's kind of implied by the fact that Rachel and Monica knew each other in high school. We know that Monica and Ross are brother and sister. So, like, I guess you could assume that Ross and Mon- or Ross and Rachel knew each other in high school. But later in the episode, we find out that Ross specifically knew Rachel and had a crush on her in high school. At this point, we did not know that. And I was like, wow, this guy met her for, like, a minute and is already, like, deeply pining for her. Me, though. <laughs> It was very funny. Then it's the next morning. For some reason, I guess just for f- because they're friends, Joey and Chandler are having breakfast at Monica and Rachel's apartment. Mm-hmm. Just just because. Just because they're friends. And I mean, if you lived across the hall from your friends, I guess you would come over for breakfast and stuff. And then Paul and Rachel. Nope. Monica. For some <laughs> reason, Monica and Rachel's names are very easy for me to mix up. I know which one is which, but Monica and Paul leave the bedroom. Clearly, Paul slept over, and all the friends are like, ooh, and they're, like, watching as Monica says bye to Paul at the door, and they're all like, you know, whoa, you slept over, you, he, he stayed over. We also find out at this point Joey's an actor. I know that's, like, a whole thing. I did know that about Joey. I guess there's nothing else about Paul. I don't have any other notes about Paul. Paul slept over. There's more about Paul later in the episode. And then this is when we find out that Rachel's never had a job before. She's like, you guys all have those things? And they're like, what things? And she's like, jobs? And they're like, yes, we all have jobs. Yeah, we all have jobs. And Rachel's like, whoa, crazy. Oh, God, to be Rachel, to be that naive. Oh, to be 26 and never had a job. That sounds great. Oh, what a mood. (laughs) But anyways, Rachel decides she's going to get a job. So they all go off to work. And we also don't know exactly what Chandler's job is, but he's, like, an accountant or something because he talks about inputting numbers. So that is, like, literally an ongoing joke in the show is that (laughs) no one knows what Chandler's job is. You have whole scenes at Chandler's office in some places. Uh The most accurate thing you could say about his job is that his job is data analysis and reconfiguration. (laughs) But that doesn't mean anything. (laughs) I mean, the line he literally has in this episode, which did make me laugh, was they're talking about going off to work and he's like, well, gotta go. If I don't input those numbers, well, it won't really matter much, (laughs) which is such a mood. (laughs) 
Yeah. Chandler does something generic at an office job that has something to do with inputting data. Who? You know what? That's most office jobs. I feel like even people, even, like any friend I have who works in an office, I feel like even if like I know like where they work and generally what their job is, office job is just kind of a vague concept in general. Yeah. So that's a pretty good joke, actually. So Chandler works at an office job. Monica is a cook. So we get to see her at work. She's talking to her coworker and they're cooking. And she's telling her coworker about her date with Paul. And she's like, yeah, Paul the wine guy. And her coworker is like, oh, I know Paul the wine guy. And Monica's like, wait, like, you know him? Like the way I know him? And she's like, oh, yeah, like, of course. And you know what? Before me, he hadn't gotten it up in two years. <laughs> Actually, I think she says his turtle didn't snap yeah. in two years, which is a wild way to say that. There was no snap in his turtle for two years. There was no snap in his turtle. So Monica's very upset about this, because clearly Paul <laughs> lied to her. And then it immediately cuts to them back at the coffee shop, and Joey is just laughing at her, being like, I can't believe you didn't know that he was serving you a line, like, that he was, like, manipulating you. Which, in Monica's defense, that is such a wild line to try to get someone in bed with you, that, like, I would also not have thought it was a line. I wonder if, like, at one point in the past, it wasn't a line Mm -hmm. and was, like, a legitimate thing. But the first time it worked to get a girl into bed, he was like, oh, let's just keep doing that. Like, I get what they're getting at, but, like, oh, he was showing vulnerability and he was making her feel special that she was the first girl he could, like, you know, felt that for. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, such a, like, because, like, even the scene where he tells her that is, like, weirdly uncomfortable. And I was, like, I'm surprised that it's worked this many times when it just kind of comes across that you're, like, having, like, a weirdly personal thing to say to someone on first date. That's why it was supposed to be a fifth date revelation. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like if someone said that, I don't know, it just, it was, whatever, it was a line and Joey thought that that was funny. Which also makes me think that Joey has used a similar line on people before, which is wild. I also think Joey's like, yeah, of course that's a line, that would work, I'll use that next time. Yeah, he's like, I'm taking notes. So then Rachel shows up and she's got new boots and she was like, I didn't get a job because I'm not trained for anything. Valid. But I got new boots, and she's so excited that she got her new boots, and they're all like, um, how did you pay for these boots? And she's like, with my credit card. And they're like, who pays for your credit card? And she's like, my dad. (laughs) (laughs) And then it cuts to them all sitting around a kitchen table, and she has all her credit cards on the table, and they're like, cut up your credit cards, cut up your credit cards, you need to be independent from your dad. And she's like, oh, I don't know. And they're like, no, do it, do it. So she cuts up her credit cards, and then Monica's like, welcome to the real world. It sucks. (laughs) But you're gonna love it. And it was a weirdly cute scene. So cute. I actually enjoyed that. It was just very wholesome. Um, But also, now Rachel has no money. Like everyone. Like everyone. Except they have enough money to live in a New York apartment. It's rent controlled. Right, of course. Is Ross and, I mean, Chandler and Joey's rent controlled? Maybe Chandler makes a lot of money at his nondescript job. I feel like Chandler does make quite a bit of money. Ross also makes quite a bit of money. Ross has... They don't say Ross's job in this episode. I just... No, I was gonna say Ross has his PhD, and then I just realized, like, how fucking fast this man got his PhD. And it, like... Ross has a PhD? Ross has a PhD. He's 26. Like, that man went university master's PhD and was out. What did he get his PhD in? Paleontology. 
Wow. Whoa, he's a paleontologist? That's he's cool. He's a paleontologist. He works for the museum. Whoa. That's cool. This doesn't come up in this episode, but that's cool. I don't know why people hate Ross. All I know about him is that he's awkward and he's a paleontologist. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. <laughs> and his wife was a lesbian. How bad could he be if a lesbian liked him? Right? <laughs> and then Phoebe... Oh, I think, I think Phoebe's job is ambiguously aromatherapy, but I also feel like Phoebe's that person who just does a bunch of weird shit. Phoebe is a massage therapist. I also feel like she's the kind of character who maybe her backstory changes all the time, but in this episode, she's, like, telling her backstory about how, like, one of her parents, or, like, her mom, like, killed herself, and then her dad went to jail, and then she went, she ran away to New York when she was 14, and then she met this guy and lived with him for a while, and then he killed himself, and then she found aromatherapy. <laughs> she was like, what? And they're all like, okay. And they're all like, and now we're moving on. Then she just walks away to go, like, have coffee or something. <laughs> it's it's that feel of, like, they all are very middle class. And then they have this one friend who, like, literally lived on the streets for years. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're all, like, very uncomfortable when she brings it up. But, like, she's fine. Mm-hmm. I also am curious where she currently lives. Because we know where everybody else lives. We've just seen her kind of vibing around. She lives with her grandma. Oh, okay. We don't know anything about her grandma in this episode. But good for her. She's great. I love Phoebe. <laughs> I want to watch a whole episode just about Phoebe. We also get a scene where Monica steps on Paul's watch, because earlier in the episode, Paul talked about how he broke his wife's watch when she left him, and then Monica's mad that Paul lied to him, so she finds his watch that he forgot, and she steps on it. And then Ross and Rachel are sitting around, because uh, Ross was, like, over, and then Monica goes to bed, so it's just Ross and Rachel. And then, uh, this is when Ross tells Rachel he had a crush on her in high school, and she's like, yeah, I knew. And he was like, oh, really? Because I thought you just thought that I was Monica's nerdy older brother. And she's like, yes. (laughs) He's like, okay. (laughs) Poor guy. But then Ross is kind of awkwardly like, well, would it be, like, okay if, like, maybe someday I asked you out? And Rachel's like, yeah, that'd be okay. And Ross is like, cool, maybe I'll do that. (laughs) Which was like kind of a really cute way to like not actually ask someone out, but just be like, would that be cool? (laughs) Just like testing the waters, be like, if I asked you out sometime, would that be like, okay? Yeah, it was actually pretty wholesome. I actually think that'd be a really weird thing to do if the person just didn't leave their fiance at the altar. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like the situation too of like, they both just got out of long-term relationships yeah. in, like, dramatic ways. And they're, like, probably both not quite ready to actually go on a date, but they're just kind of, like, testing the waters. Like, it suited the situation. Exactly. But don't, like, try that with just a random person, you know? No. Although, like, I feel like maybe if it was, like, a friend that you were, like, would it be cool if we were more than friends? <laughs> maybe? I don't know. It worked for the situation. But the thing about this scene that annoyed me... Yeah. Is that Ross and Rachel are sharing a cookie the whole bit where they're like, oh, do you want the cookie? Do you want the cookie? And then they're like, oh, we'll split it. And they split it. And then Rachel doesn't eat the half of the cookie that he gave her. She just puts it back on the plate and walks away. And I'm like, why did you split the cookie if you weren't going to eat it? But Ross eats his half. Anyways. (laughs) I'm sorry, Rachel so deeply offended you. It was just odd that they focused a whole conversation, not a whole conversation, but like a few lines about the cookie just for Rachel to put it back on the plate. Like if they didn't want me to notice, they shouldn't have drawn so much attention to the cookie. They're being cute. They were splitting a cookie. 
<sighs> like so you Ross do. does eat his half. And hers is the half with, it's an Oreo, and she has the half with the cream, and Ross took the half without, and she didn't even eat the cream. Oreo's the worst cookie to split. Like, you're just gonna, like, give one person cream and not the other. I almost expected when he did that, when he, like, split the Oreo, for there to be, like, a joke about, like, him, like, awkwardly scraping some of the cream <laughs> off or something to, like, split it. No, he's a good guy. He would never do that. <laughs> Um, and then that's the last scene. Oh, and then Monica very briefly comes out and back out of her room and is saying bye to Ross. And she says, like, oh, you look happy or something. And he's like, yeah, I just grabbed a spoon. <laughs> Referencing the ice cream conversation from earlier. Yeah. But Rachel doesn't know, or Monica doesn't know that. So she just says bye to Ross. Monica's like, my brother's insane. Moving yeah, on. <laughs> which, like, you know, that's probably what she already thinks. Um, and then, then we got... The credits, and during the credits, there's, like, a few little tiny scenes of them just, like, hanging out in the coffee shop and talking. I feel like it was implied in that after credit scene that Rachel gets a job at the coffee shop, because she's, yeah. like, serving them coffee. So I, they didn't specifically explain that. She was just pouring coffee, but I assumed that meant that she was working at the coffee shop, which kind of makes sense that the whole coffee shop is, like, the place they always go and that someone would end up working there. And then we hear about another one of Chandler's dreams... I already forgot what it was, but he's talking about Dream. And that's the end of the episode. That is the end of the episode. And that is the pilot of Friends. It sounds very disjointed because it kind of was, but not in a bad way, just in a, this is more about the jokes than about the plot way. It's just like, it's one of those shows that's like very connected specifically by what they're talking about. And the only accurate way to summarize it would be to say the entire pilot verbatim. Yeah. Yeah, most of the scene cuts happen because someone says something that cuts nicely to the next scene. Yeah, it's the final episode of Friends. What did you think? I genuinely liked it more than I thought I would. <laughs> it's such an iconic show that I like felt like I kind of knew the vibe of it. And I was like, eh, whatever, it's a sitcom. And like, I still don't know if I was like, this is incredible, can't wait to watch the whole show. But like, I had some genuine laughs. I found the characters more endearing than I expected. I don't know why I didn't think they would be endearing. But like, I kind of thought they might be like annoying and a little too tropey. But like, obviously they were quite tropey, but they like, were genuinely endearing. I liked them. (laughs) They're cute. Yeah. Yeah. Glad you liked them. I mean, you kind of already said this, but would you watch more of it? I mean, I wouldn't, like, turn off the TV if someone turned it on, if someone was like, hey, do you want to watch some of it with me? But, like, I didn't enjoy it so much that I think I'm going to, like, go out and specifically try to watch more of it. Fair enough, fair enough. There's other shows I like more that I would be more inclined to watch, and especially because it's so long Mm -hmm. that, like, I wouldn't be like, hot time to sit down and watch all of Friends. But I didn't dislike it. I think if someone, like, told me, like, oh, here are some of the best episodes of Friends or, like, whatever, like, I might, like, be like, oh, I'll watch that. Okay, so I should just make you a list of my favorite (laughs) Friends And then we can watch them together. Okay, so I could tell you what happens in Friends, but that seems weird. I feel like you know what happens in Friends from, like, cultural osmosis. I feel like, well, I kind of do, but also, like... It's they have, it's just about their lives and their relationships. I feel like it doesn't really have a plot plot. Yeah. There's not like an overarching plot other than like just what happens in their lives over the next few years, right? Like there's not like. I feel like Friends does have a stronger plot than like other sitcoms of its era. Mm. But I would, like, I agree with you. It's not like. It's not like a drama where, like, every season has its overarching plot of, like, Mm -hmm. this thing is happening. 
I do know, okay, in terms of relationships, I'm pretty sure Ross and Rachel are, like, a through line of, like, they're together, and they probably break up sometimes, and then get back together, and then whatever. I don't know if they're, like, endgame, endgame. Ross and Rachel are endgame. Okay. There are people who are really mad they're endgame. <laughs> Those people are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, like, episode one setup. I know that there's probably also other relationships between the friends. I don't know if there's any other Monica and Chandler are relatively solid, like, season five on. Like, Mm -hmm. out of the two, like, Monica and Chandler, Ross and Rachel are your two couple goals. Mm -hmm. Monica and Chandler are the stable, good relationship of this show. (laughs) Ross and Rachel are the classic on-again, off-again, will-they-won't-they of the Mm -hmm. show. Perhaps the most classic. (laughs) Yeah, no, but they are endgame. And, like, so there are people... And I'm not saying this is wrong, but, like, the entire, like, ending plot is that Rachel is going to get her, like, quote-unquote dream job Mm -hmm. in Paris, and before she goes, she sleeps with Ross, and Ross is like, wait, like, I love you, and she's like, I love you too, but, like, I'm going to Paris. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, like, the whole thing is, did she get off the plane at the end? Because she leaves Ross's voicemail where she's like, oh my god, like, I... I love you too. Like, I have to leave the plane. I have to get off the plane. Mm-hmm. And she comes back and she's off the plane. And um, Ross and Rachel are endgame. And there are people mm-hmm. who are really annoyed about that because they're like, really? You gave up your dream job for a guy? Which, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that is very different if that happened to season one Rachel, who's 26 mm-hmm. and, like, just reconnected with this guy versus season 10 Rachel, who, depending on what timeline you want to work with, is 33, 36, has been in some sort of relationship with this man for over 10 years, Mm -hmm. and has a fucking child with him. (laughs) Like, the logistics Uh of moving to a different country and you're trying to co-parent is wild. Yes, that is very different. And when people say that, I'm like, are you forgetting Emma exists? Because honestly, the whole thing where she's like, yeah, I'm just going to take Emma to Paris is so bonkers wild. Wild. I also feel like there's a part of me that's like, obviously the trope of like the woman leaving her dream job for the man, there's a history of why that's problematic. Mm-hmm. But also like, take the gender out of it. Aren't relationships more important than jobs anyways? Yeah, exactly. Like, even if they're non-romantic. I feel like choosing your friends or family or loved ones or romantic partner over a job, I kind of like that better. I totally agree with you. Yeah, like, there are people who are mad about that, and if you want to, you can be mad about that. And there are people who hate Ross, and... I feel like a lot of the reasoning behind why people hate Ross would be valid if it wasn't a sitcom. Mm -hmm. Is Ross kind of the, like, guy who's like, oh, I'm friend-zoned? Yeah. (laughs) But, like, he is very purposefully tropey in, like a dopey, nerdy, doesn't-get-the-girl way. We're also talking about something that was written in, like, the mid-to-late 90s. Like, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of factors on top of that where it's like, Ross is funny. And there's Mm -hmm. things that people quote as, like, specific moments where Ross is a bad guy where I'm like, 
that's the joke of the episode. Like, <laughs> that's the episode's joke. It's really uh-huh. weird to be like, that makes him a bad person. Like, it's not a drama. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, a comedy and a drama are not the same, and you can't hold characters' actions to the same, not even to the same standard, but you they're not the same thing. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I can't think of a good example, but it's kind of like in Modern Family, if you said, like, Claire treats Phil terribly because she's such a nagging wife, it's like, no, that's like, it's a comedy. It's it's not meant to be considered serious. And, like, obviously there's, like, times where, like, you can't excuse everything in a comedy by just saying it's a comedy. Absolutely. When it's normalizing bad things and stuff. But it's also, like, but things people are saying and doing in comedies are not meant to be taken as this is what a real person would do or should do. It's meant to be taken as this is funny. (laughs) Right. And I agree there are things Ross does that are kind of crappy. His whole, Mm -hmm. like... There's a time in, like, season, late season one, where Rachel's dating this guy named Pablo, and Ross is like, I fucking hate this guy. The guy sucks shit. <laughs> but, like, the way Ross is, like, weird about it is a little, like, he's, like, Rachel's gonna be with me. I thought she wanted to be with me. and mm-hmm. But, like, also, there's moments where, like, other people call him out on that and are, mm-hmm. like oh no, how could she date someone else when you never asked her out and she's never shown any interest in you? Yeah. I also feel like the thing in comedies too is like, and obviously this is a bit up to interpretation and Mm -hmm. people could argue this differently, but like there's a certain amount of like textual analysis you have to be able to do to recognize when a person doing a thing in a comedy is being treated as like, yes, they are good and correct for thinking this or treated as we are meant to laugh at them for doing this. Yeah, (laughs) And obviously like it's not always easy to tell and sometimes like even then like you can't always excuse the things that are used as jokes but like I feel like there's a certain level you can usually kind of tell whether it's being treated as like normal and good or dumb and stupid. (laughs) Yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I like Ross. I think Ross is a good guy. Ross walks his ex-wife down the aisle. Aww. Uh, speaking of canon queers, mm-hmm. I pretty much named all of them, but... Well, I know there's... Okay, obviously Carol. I know, I'm pretty sure, one of the guys has a parent who's trans, and I feel like it's sort of an issue of debate of whether that's handled well or not. Yes, so... It's hard to say because of the time period that Friends is in. I was going to say, yeah, I feel like even, like, just the culture around that was so different in the 90s than it is now. Genuinely, I do not know if Friends thought they were making a trans character. Mm -hmm. Or if the joke was that Chandler's dad is a drag queen. Mm Mm-hmm. Chandler's dad is definitely gay if we accept that Chandler's dad is a man. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we ever have a name for Chandler's dad. That can't be right, but I don't think we have, like, mm-hmm. his mom's name is Nora. Uh-huh. She writes erotic fiction. <laughs> Good for her. I would say, like, if Chandler's dad is trans and we accept that the show knew that... Mm-hmm. then it's handled badly because everyone is using he, him pronouns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
On the other hand, the joke of Chandler's dad, and, like, it's kind of shitty that the joke of Chandler's dad is that Chandler's dad is gay Mm -hmm. anyways. Uh Uh-huh. But, like, the joke is Chandler's dad left his mom for the pool boy (laughs) on Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving. (laughs) On Thanksgiving. Which is why Chandler hates all pilgrim-based holidays. (laughs) Are there other pilgrim-based holidays? No. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that alone is gay, is, like, bad. Mm-hmm. But, like, Chandler's dad very specifically has a drag show in Vegas called Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> okay, so that sounds more drag queen then. Yes, and I think the argument that his dad is trans is because after we meet his dad, we never actually see his dad out of drag. Mm-hmm. And... He comes to Chandler's wedding dressed as a woman, which seems mm-hmm. very trans and not something you would do if you were a drag queen. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't think at the time period this show was made that they know which one they're doing. That's that's fair. That seems like the kind of thing in the 90s that they wouldn't really be making a distinction between those two concepts. They'd be like, yeah, this is just a, a gay man. Ha ha. Like, is it a bad joke? And did it age badly? Absolutely. Yeah, that that sounds like about the, the, the controver- controversy that I have yeah. seen people kind of talk about. I mean, I would be surprised if a show from this era that of this level of like mainstreamness handled that well. Yeah. And like it's old enough that of course there are things about it that have aged poorly. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are plenty of other things about it that have aged poorly. That is just like the main one that's like in the cultural context. Mm-hmm. Can you guess which of the six friends was originally intended to be gay? Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. My first guess was Phoebe, but on the other hand, I feel like maybe it's one of the guys because I feel like the whole a guy is secretly gay is like more of a exciting storyline. Like I yeah. feel like it's more something they would do than like a woman is secretly gay. I don't know why, but it just feels like, but but Phoebe would be my first guess. Fair enough. You're wrong. I would also <laughs> argue that especially in the 90s. Mm-hmm a gay man was way more likely to appear on TV than a gay woman as a main character. That's fair. Yeah, that's, like, the vibe I got. Because there's... I mean, clearly Friends acknowledges lesbians exist because Carol is mentioned in the first episode. Which is actually, like, hugely, hugely progressive. Like, if you Mm -hmm. hear... Lisa Kudrow did an interview at one point where people were asking her about problematic things in the show, and she was like... Yeah, like, looking back, there were problematic things, but at the time, like, the show was hugely groundbreaking. Like, we had a recurring lesbian character that was unheard of. Like, we had an entire surrogacy plotline, which, like, would have been pretty controversial in the 90s. Uh Uh-huh. The show was liberal. Sorry, I was just gonna agree what you said about the gay man being more common, that, Mm -hmm. like... Yeah, clearly they acknowledge that lesbians exist, but yeah, I got the sense that at the time it was, like, more like, gay means a gay man, right? That's what gay means. I would even argue the presence of more queer women on TV is relatively new. Yeah. From, like, the idea that, like, intersectionality as a concept Uh is about the fact that, like, the ideal subject 
is the straight, white, able-bodied man, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So from a media perspective, any single step you take away from that is considered making it less likely that the viewer will relate to that person as a person. Now, that is incredibly shitty. Yeah. (laughs) But the idea is that women can relate to men Men cannot relate to women. Yep. <laughs> Which, like, obviously, there are good men out there, and men can relate to women, and men think women are human. But, like, the idea is the shitty p- as possible person you can think of yep. will only relate to the straight, white, able-bodied man. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to take any step away from that, you only want to take one step away from it. Mm-hmm. So the white, able-bodied gay man is the most likely queer character you will see on TV. Mm-hmm. And anything you see that is quite a bit older and they have a main queer character, it's going to be a white man. That makes sense. That You you said it very succinctly like that. that is... Exactly that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, which of these white men do you think Friends originally intended to be queer? I have no idea. I don't think it's Ross. Yeah. Because I feel like his whole deal from the beginning was supposed to be with Rachel. Yep. Chandler? Chandler. Okay. So, I was like, Joey, like, it could be the whole, like, womanizer is covering up the fact that he's actually gay. But he seemed too legitimately like a womanizer. Right? It was originally intended to be Chandler, and to the point where, like, people watching the show, Uh like, week to week, thought Chandler was gay. They should have gone for it, cowards. (laughs) Moving on. Who do you think is my favorite character? I really don't know. Um, Just based on, like, the kinds of characters who are usually your favorite characters, I want to say Rachel? No, but I do like Rachel. Monica? (laughs) (laughs) Chandler? It is Chandler. Okay. <laughs> Chandler is just very funny. He's just very goofy. I like him a lot. Again, he did very little in this episode, so I feel yeah. like I didn't get a good sense of him, but... And I also was under the mistaken impression that he was the character that the internet hated, so I also was, I feel like, a little harsher on him, <laughs> just because I had this, like, secondhand thought that he was the character that nobody liked. But apparently that was Ross, so I had it wrong. Poor Chandler. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Chandler. You didn't do anything in this episode to deserve that. (laughs) Oh, he also had the line about wishing he was a lesbian. They were trying to hint that he was gay somehow wishing he was a lesbian. Because he likes guys and he was like, if I was a lesbian, I would like girls and I would be normal. That's how I'm interpreting that scene. (laughs) That's such a wild, like, logic train, though. Like, I am gay as a man, but if I was gay as a woman, then I would like women... Which but as doesn't a man that sound like normal? someone who's in the closet and hasn't really figured out their sexuality and doesn't want to admit yeah. they're gay? And they're like, oh shit, I think guys are hot. I shouldn't think guys are hot. If I was a lesbian, then I would think girls are hot. I wish I was a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, no, that's valid. Yeah, Chandler's my favorite. He's just good. He's a good guy. Him and Monica are good because Monica's kind of like neurotic and he's very like chill and with the flow. I feel like they balance each other out well. That's good. Speaking of, what do you think is my favorite ship? Monica and Chandler? Yes. They're very cute. I love Ross and Rachel a lot, which is also Mm -hmm. a controversial opinion. (laughs) But Monica and Chandler are just very solid. They're very cute. That's cute, too, because my my favorite kind of ships are always the, like, friends who become lovers kind of thing. Yeah. 
Those are my favorite kinds of couples. More so than the Ross and Rachel clearly having the like, ooh, we have a crush on each other. I've had a crush on you since high school. It can be cute too, but less my kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, Ross and Rachel are also very good friends, but yeah. I understand. But it's not like the same plot. Yeah. And I understand that. Okay, we should wrap up this incredibly long episode. Oh my gosh. We're going to have to cut at least 20 minutes of. All right. <laughs> should I tell you what we're watching next? I would love to know what we're watching next. We are watching a show that I love very much that just had a new, well, it just had a new season when we're recording this. By the time this comes out, the new season will be kind of old now. It's called The Dragon Prince. I don't know if you've heard of it. I saw a Netflix that had a new season, but I thought it was a new show, so. <laughs> no, it's a, uh, it actually is a show that like had three seasons and went on kind of a long hiatus and has just come back, so. Okay. It is. It's good. We're going to watch the pilot episode of The Dragon Prince. It's also by some of the same creators as uh, Avatar and The Legend of Korra. So it's like sort of a similar vibe. I like dragons and I like princes. So Nice. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening to our show. And you can do things to contact us. <laughs> like... You could email us at uh-huh. episodeepiphanies at gmail.com, or you could tweet at us at epiphaniespod if you're not, um, you know, boycotting Twitter for being a shit show. Oh, boy. So you can do that if Twitter still exists. Instagram will still exist, probably, because Facebook is a monolith. And uh, well, who knows? It could be the next one down. Okay, well, we don't have a Tumblr, so you're just going to have to email us if Instagram is also down. <laughs> Wait, we should say there were Epiphany's Pod on Instagram because it, it will probably still exist. Twitter will also probably still exist. Like, let's be realistic. Yeah. <laughs> but they're both Epiphany's Pod. You know if Twitter still exists because you are smarter than both of us combined. That's true. Bye. Bye. Supernatural was a 15-year PSA about getting your tetanus shot. It's important. If you haven't gotten your tetanus shot and you're bisexual, get on that. It's gonna get you.